This podcast is completely free of charge. However, if you are enjoying it, we would ask you to leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to buy us a coffee, the details are in the show notes. Croeso i yma maedreigiau. Welcome to Here Be Dragons. Gyda cyfarwydd Cymru, with the storyteller of Wales, Professor Llysser. My story have you and a cisneg. Today's story is in English. All of these stories are 100% true, for a given value of true. Catherine of Berain. Do you remember when the Welsh were on the throne of England? You don't? Well, it was a few years ago now. It was a family from North Wales who eventually took the throne, and they were called the Tidiriaite, or the Tudors. First was Henry VII, then Henry VIII, you might have heard of him. Then there were a couple more until we got to perhaps the most famous of the Tudors, Queen Elizabeth I. Now, because they'd come from Wales, this family, it meant that they'd left a few relatives behind, and one of them was called Catherine. She was the first or second cousin to Queen Elizabeth I. And there couldn't be a person more unlike her cousin. Whereas Elizabeth never married, Catherine married a lot. You could say she made a habit of it. She got married so often that they started to call her Mam Cymru, the mother of Wales. Her first husband was Sir John Salisbury of Denby, a name you might recognise because John of the Thumbs was his ancestor, or so they say. If you want to know who John of the Thumbs is, go back and check out our first story. But it's her second husband that I want to tell you about today, and the strange things that happened betwixt the husband and wife. But how did they come to be married in the first place, I hear you ask? Well, it's a very good question. And unfortunately, back in those days, lots of young ladies were left widowed by their husbands. And this was the case for poor Catherine. So John died when she was still very young. And as it happened, on the way back from her husband's funeral, she got a lift of a local nobleman called Morris Wynne. Now, Morris was quite a cunning young fellow because he realised that this beautiful young widow had just inherited a lot of money from her late husband. And so, in the carriage, on the way back from the funeral, he got down on one knee and he said to her, Catherine, I love you. Swift worker, this one. Will you marry me? And she had to turn round and say, No, I can't. Oh, is it too soon after your husband's death? Well, no. Although it is quite soon, it's nothing to do with that. Um, you see, the thing is... Richard Clough, he gave me a lift to the funeral. And he's already asked me to marry him next. But I tell you what, Morris, if anything does happen to Richard, I promise I'll marry you next. 
Now, Richard Clough was an interesting man. He'd started off as a simple glove maker like Shakespeare's father, but unlike him, he had made himself an awful lot of money in a very short time. In fact, he'd made so much money so quickly that people began to become suspicious, and they thought there might be some otherworldly interference going on in the finances of Richard Clough. In fact, it got so bad at one point that someone said he must have sold his soul to the devil to make so much money so soon. The first thing Richard did was take his young wife out of the country to live. They went to the Netherlands, far away for a few years, to look after his business interests there. But it wasn't long before poor young Catherine was missing her homeland. And so, to keep his wife happy, Richard decided to bring them all back and build a brand new house just up the Conwy Valley near Tremerchion for his new wife and hopefully new family. Bachegraig was an unusual house. It might have been one of the first houses built entirely of bricks in Wales. And because of this strange and new method of building, it seemed to fly up from the ground. It was built so quickly that once again people turned round to say that the devil must have had a hand in it. If not building the place, then he must have been one of the architects. And it wasn't long before this wonderful new brick manor house was built, and Richard moved his young family into Bergegraig. As mistress of the house, Catherine was handed a great big bunch of keys. Keys to every door in that place. The front door, the back door, the master bedroom, the servant's bedroom, the pantry, the kitchen. Every single door and every single lock had its own key. And for the first few months, that's what Catherine did. She went round the house trying out every single key on her great keychain in every single lock. It was surprisingly fun to think that she owned everything there, along with her husband, of course. But then one day, she discovered something very odd. Right at the very top of the house was a room, almost an attic room. And this had a small, golden lock on it. Unfortunately, Catherine did not have a small golden key. And being a very curious woman, she had to know what was behind this door. She knelt down on one knee and looked through the keyhole. She couldn't see a lot. She could see a desk with some books on it. She couldn't read any of the titles. She could see a chair there, and what looked like a candlestick, possibly two, but that was about it. She thought it very suspicious that her husband hadn't given her a key to this particular door, and so she set out to find out what was going on behind it. Late that night, she hid along the corridor from the door and waited. And when all the household was shut up, her husband crept out of his room along the corridor and went up towards the door. 
he took out of his pocket a small golden key, placed it into the lock, turned it, and went inside. Catherine was very quick. She ran up to the door and placed her hands against it. It was locked again. So she went down on one knee and peeked through the keyhole. But unfortunately, the key had been put through from the other side, so she couldn't see anything. So instead, she put her ear to the door to listen what was going on. And Catherine heard the strangest thing she had ever heard. First was her husband's voice. Nothing unusual in that. But he seemed to be talking to someone. And as far as she could tell, there was nobody else in the room. But then she heard a second voice coming in reply to her husband. What a voice this was. It was deep and menacing and quite the most horrible thing she had ever heard. She couldn't make out any words, but she knew for certain that she had to know exactly who her husband was talking to behind this door because she remembered the rumours and began to fear for his very soul. The next night, Katrin was waiting. But this time she had brought with her the young stable lad. Six foot tall and almost as much wide strapping lad from the neighbourhood. She was going to get inside that door by hook or by crook. Her husband came creeping out just as he had the night before. He went up to the door, opened it with his little golden key and went inside. Catherine ran up to the door, tried it with her hands again. Locked. Peeked through the keyhole. The key was on the inside. She couldn't see a thing. And then she heard the voices again. But this time she had a plan of action. She had the young stable lad put his shoulder to the door and... broke it down. And there, inside the room, was a sight that chilled her to her very bones. There, sat in the chair, was her husband, Richard Clough, and on the floor was marked a great circle with strange markings and symbols in it. In his chair, a look of horror on his face was her husband staring straight at her, for in the middle of that circle stood a tall, dark figure, with hooves where his feet should be, and horns upon his head. It was the old boy. The devil himself. And now Catherine knew for certain how her husband had become so rich so quickly and had built such a fine house in such a short time. The rumours were all true. The devil did not like the fact he had been discovered and he grabbed hold of Richard Clough and threw him through the wall and leapt out after him. And so it was, Catherine became a widow for the second time and was free to marry Maurice Wynne after all. Eventually, of course, Maurice passed on and she married her fourth and final husband, Edward Thelwall. And with her four husbands, she had six fine children, 
all of whom grew up to have children of their own. And that is why she became known as Mam Cymru, the mother of Wales, for her multitudinous children and grandchildren. And if you want to know more about Catherine of Berain, I can highly recommend Denbyshire Folk Tales by Fiona Collins. It's a wonderful book and has a lot more adventures in it than these I'll be telling here. Mi fydd ein stori nesaf yn y Gymraeg. Our next story will be in Welsh. Am fwy o wybodaeth ac ebookion ni, ewch at cyfarwydd.cymru. For more information and to book us, go to cyfarwydd.cymru. Cymru.